Uh, Keith had no idea what my Bible study was about tonight, but, uh, but it's about revival. And, uh, and so with that said, I'm going to stay with the same theme that we've been dealing with for the past few weeks, uh, not deviating t- too far. So one thing I do know, something is brewing in the spirit world. And I know you can feel it too. I know you can feel it too. Since COVID hit us back in 2020, the Lord has been positioning Bentley along with the rest of the body of Christ for something glorious because COVID was part of the scheme, if you will. And if I think about it when I get toward the end, you'll understand why I say that COVID was part of this ushering us into the end times. But there has been one miracle, one blessing, one right after another. Something's up in the spirit world. Um, I've watched you be blessed uh, individually. Uh, you've testified of those blessings. I've, you've testified of miracles. We heard of, just heard, heard one and, and others that have taken place. And it seems like it has been with more frequency since COVID. And COVID has distracted us, made us think about COVID and, and um, people wearing masks and all of these things. And, and every time you see somebody with a mask on, you know that this is somebody that's dealing with, with COVID or, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, it, it, has, it has caught the attention of people. And it has distracted us from the fact that great things are really happening. There are some good things that are going on. There's been, like, like I said, one miracle, one blessing right after another. But something's up in the spirit world. And I just, I guess with, with this Bible study tonight, I want to help us be ready to receive it. That's what my goal is. Uh, I do a lot of daydreaming, if you will, about revivals to come. Um, I, we've heard of revivals that have broken out in other places and and to be honest, I rejoiced with them for what God was doing, but I rejoiced with a little bit of envy in my heart because I, wanted, I want revival here. I want revival in our church. I want revival in central Louisiana. I want to see a great, great move of God. The things that are going on in our world right now, y'all, the Republicans are not going to fix it. The Democrats are not going to fix it. Just like Keith said a while ago, they're losing their minds on both sides of the aisle. They don't know. The only thing that's going to help America is revival. There there is no other solution. I mean, we can become all independent. We We can go back to a more conservative form of government, but you've got enough liberals out there that's going to keep the pot's stirring, and, and if we go to a liberal side of the government, we've got a con- enough conservatives that we're going to keep the pot. St- you know, you see what I'm saying? Revival's the only thing that's going to bring people together. That's the only thing that's going to do it. And I want revival to happen here. I want it here. So with that said, I want to talk to you to, for the next few minutes tonight about revival praying. Revival praying. Now understand what the title just said. 
It said revival praying. It did not say praying for revival. There is a difference. And I'll explain that in just a few minutes. Second Chronicles chapter 7. I love this passage of Scripture. But I'm only going to take three verses of it, ending with the 14th verse. But I'm going to start at 12. And it says, The Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I've heard thy prayer, and I've chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. I want you to listen very, very closely at this 13th verse. No one's really putting emphasis on this verse that I've heard of, but it's very, very important. He says, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. We've had, that, that's been going on all over the world, but our world, the United States, out west, they've been, they've been screaming about uh, a drought. Reservoirs are just lower than they've ever been before. Now they're dealing with flash flooding and they're complaining about that. Now I would, I would be sitting there thanking God that the reservoirs are filling back up is what I would be doing. But, but he said, if I shut up heaven that there be no rain or if I command the locusts to devour the land. Now, what, last year? Wasn't it last year that there was a locust outbreak or maybe the year before? 2020, there was a locust outbreak. And he said, or if I send pestilence among my people, which is things such as what we've been dealing with, uh, COVID and things such as that. For verse 14, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Brother David, check that out. Just double up your fist when you go through it. But it, it should, they must be locking it. But it says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That verse is just as true as it can be. It is. I want you to, I want you to understand that. That verse is very, very true. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. If I command the locusts to devour the land. Or if I send pestilence among my people. These are, he's talking about things that he might would do. Then if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And you've heard me say it before, the dirt's not sick. That's revival. That's what that is. So with that said, I want you to understand something very, very clearly. Verse 13 has described the events that are going on around, around us. That's the, that's the events that have been going on since 2020 all the way up until now. Verse 14, there is also a remnant, 
if you would call it a remnant, but I call it more than a remnant. There is a, there is a vast majority of, of Christian people that are calling upon the name of the Lord for God to help us in this situation. What that's going to do is going to bring revival. So tonight I'm going to tag in onto the message I preached Sunday. If you weren't here, then you may need to go back and listen to it before you will grasp the meat of what I'm going to say tonight. The devil can't stop this move of God that has come to this present day. He can't do it. It's time for you and I to get excited about that. It's time for us to realize that that things are wrapping up and, and, and our Lord is coming soon. And if you're not excited about the coming of the Lord, then I want to know about your Holy Ghost. Because this is only a dressing room. We've preached that for years. Brother Briggs preached it that way. I've preached it that way. That's all this is, is a dressing room. This is not all there is to life. This is just where we get ready to live forever. And we're going to live forever. And you're going to live forever somewhere. Okay? The devil can't stop this move of God. The saints of God... In the, well, let me, let me back up. I missed a, a bullet point. As I explained in my message Sunday, years and generations gone by, revival came because of fasting and prayer. And they and it did. The saints of God would enter a time of faithfulness to prayer and seeking the face of God along with fasting, and God would answer with a great move of his spirit. Today is a little different, but the method is the same. The ushering in of a revival will come today as it did in days of old. It will still require prayer, seeking the face of God, and fasting. The difference is, because of the prophetic times that you and I are living in, revival is already here. Now that should have got a better response than what I just got. I'm sorry. It should have got a better response. Because revival is already here. The only thing holding it back is us. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit tonight. Revival is already, we have prayed for years for revival. We have prayed that God would just pour out his spirit in a great way and just many people would be filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, whenever I say revival is now here, that should excite us in our spirits. We should embrace it. We should be looking forward to it. We should be talking revival. We should be living revival. The question is, will we respond to the revival that has been sent by God? The promise of the pouring out of his spirit is recorded in scripture. In fact, Peter was preaching it on the day of Pentecost and he said it should come to pass in the last days. The last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. The verse I just read to you says the last days. How do we know we are in the last days? It's important for us to know what time it is. It really is. So is it really the last days? And if it is, what are the signs? Biblical prophecy said that when we would see these things come about, in fact, let's take Jesus' words in Luke 21. And this is what he said, and there should be signs in the sun, solar flares, all that's going on right now. And in the moon and in the stars, I mean, there's things that are going on out there that we don't even know about right now. And upon the earth, distress of nations. Anybody? 
with, with perplexity. <laughs> In other words, nothing's going to fix America but a revival, so it's with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Anybody heard of a tsunami? Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. This is Jesus' words. And then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Now, can we agree we're in those days, those last days prophesied about around 2,000 years ago, and I believe we can. If we're in agreement, then we know revival is already here. God is just waiting for us to respond. Our response is what we would like to focus on tonight. James 5, 16 and we quote it all the time, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And if we're talking about revival and we talk about the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availing much, let's also remember Matthew 17 when Jesus said, how be it this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. The message is clear here. What brought revival in days gone by is still effective today. The difference is, is we won't pray revival down as I have already stated. It's already here. So why must we pray and fast? Again, I go back to an earlier statement where I said, because of the prophetic times we are living in. The prophetic times we are living in, we have already established tonight with Scripture, is a time filled with trouble. Just right here in Grand Parish, our high school, one of the young people up there had, was caught today with a gun. That's right here in our doorstep. There's trouble. There's trouble on every, on every side. There's, there's things that are going on all around us. We use the scripture often, and, 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 and you know it to be true, uh, because especially those of us that to call ourselves children of God, realize that the things are going on have to be satanically motivated. Because Revelation 12 says, Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth he hath but a short time. He's going to throw everything he can at you. We know because of the things going on around us that the devil has unleashed on us every device that he can. He's attacked our world. He's attacked our nation. He is, he's attacked the collective body of the church. He has attacked churches individually. And he has attacked us in our homes. We're fighting every day against demonic activity every day we're fighting it we are the proverbial frog you put him in a cold pot of water and set it on the burner and you can boil him to death he will never know he's dying but if you take that same frog and you drop him in a hot boiler of water he will bounce out of that boiler 
In other words, what I'm saying is things have increasingly gotten worse and worse and worse. And we're conditioned to worse. We are conditioned to worse. And tomorrow, if there's something that pops up, well, we'll relate it to something that's already happened somewhere else. And and we'll say, oh me, oh my, what a terrible world we live in. But it's demonic activity. I'm not trying to become a, a, a spiritual guru and start dealing in the spirit world and all of that thing. I'm telling you stuff that you know. You know that. So let me answer the question. Why must we pray and fast? Because we need strength, we need courage, and God's help just in order to receive revival. Because we need strength, courage, and God's help just in order to receive the revival. Distractions around us are pounding on you and me from every side, and it's demanding our attention. It is. The devil has a purpose in this. It affects our priorities. It distracts us from what should be our main priority in life, our relationship with Christ. However, and this is what concerns me, And us as a church, we see many beginning to fall away, being caught up in the distractions of life. We see people that used to be faithful to church, then they're not so faithful to church. I had someone the other day make a statement about someone that has come to our, has been a member of our church and they haven't been here since COVID, but so they have just, they finally, they just found out they enjoyed having church in their pajamas. It's not the same. It's not the same. You precious people watching me online, I know most of you are not here tonight because of weather or whatever the situation may be, but, but let, me, let me speak to some of you online right now. There's nothing can take the place of being in the house of God. You can, have a, you, you, you can sit there and satisfy yourself by watching online. But understand this. There is something about the body of Christ when we all come together. And when we all come together, we draw strength one from another. We need each other. You need us and we need you. So please. If there's no reason for you not to be in the house of God, please, I'll see you Sunday. (laughs) Scripture tells us in 2 Thessalonians 2, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. I mean, Paul in his writing to the church at Thessalonica is, 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 ready, is writing prophetically and he says, talking about these last days, there's going to be a falling away first. I've had many theories in the past as to what the great falling away would look like. and 
what would cause it. I mean, I, I've heard that preach since the late 60s, the early 70s, that, and, and, and the things that began to happen in, the, in those periods of time, and I'm not going to go through and start listing, listing all of them, but there were things like the, the dropping of, of standards. That's a great falling away. Um, I, 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 I shouldn't even start it on that, but you got to understand the great falling away is going to happen. And I've wondered many times what does the falling away look like? What's going to bring it about? And throughout my lifetime, we've speculated on many different things, but looking at current events, listen to me. Trouble, especially close trouble, is the culprit. It is very draining physically and spiritually. There are people that are sitting home and not attending church because they're fearful that there may be another church shooting somewhere. Well, I'm sorry, but if you go to the grocery store, that could happen there too. I mean, it can happen anywhere. It can. It's why it behooves us to always be ready. You never know. We just don't know. People driving down the road and all of a sudden, here a few years ago, uh, there was a news deal that went out somewhere in the east on the east coast kids were sitting on overpasses with high-powered rifles shooting into cars there were people that were killed some were were wounded severely i mean these people are not hurting anybody these people are not even threatening anybody this is just pure demonic activity that's you're not safe anywhere I mean, you're really not. I'm, and I'm not trying to frighten you. That's not the point. I'm driving home the fact that we live in a world filled with trouble. And Scripture said it was going to be this way in the last day, that it was going to be like this. Also, there's visual temptation and methods of escaping reality is another method that's creating the great falling away. People are just so caught up in the trouble they look for ways to escape the reality of the moment. Just getting caught up in the distractions that captivates our attention seems to imprison our hearts and our minds. Now you may think this word imprison is a strong word here, but, but think about it. We come to church and we walk in the door and we go through worship prayer, ministry of the word, and through it all, the, out, the outside distractions of life keeps pounding at our thoughts and prevents us from totally plugging in and receiving from God what was intended in that service. Some of us are sitting here right now thinking about, I wonder if it's raining at home. I wonder how bad it's raining at home. 
um, is the creeks rising? Am I, am I going to have to detour to get home? Brother Bruce, you could go a little faster and I could get home a little quicker. <laughs> I mean, you understand what I'm saying? While we're sitting here and we should be focused on the worship, on our worship and on the praise and on the word that is, that is going forth because there's nothing we can do right now about what's outside. We committed ourselves to being here. There's nothing we can do about what's out there other than put it in the hands of God. While a church service is meant to refresh us, oftentimes or many times we walk away from a service feeling like we did when we came in simply because of distractions and personal struggles. I have a policy. That policy is I don't do any counseling before a service. I mean, you walk in and tell me, I need to talk to you right now. If it's before service, I'm going to tell you I'm sorry. Because I don't want the load of problems affecting what I've got to deliver to you. I'm going to tell you the second verse to that. I'm not as young as I used to be. And when, this, when service is over, I'm usually bushed. I will if I have to. But I'd rather make an appointment for another time. It's just because my mind's not fresh. You, you'd say, well, Brother Bruce, you really, you're not pacing the floor. You're sitting in a chair. How tired can you be? I don't know. You tell me how tired you can be mentally. Because whenever I'm sitting here, my mind is filtering. And I'm probably only giving you about 10% of what goes through my head. And that's, I mean, because I've got all of these thoughts and things that are coming. And when, when the service is over, I'm bushed. Mentally, I'm bushed. My family can tell you that because once we eat, I sit down in the chair. Night, night. <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> Oh, so while a church is meant, church service is meant to be refreshing, sometimes it doesn't. Scripture tells us, and you hear me quote it often, Hebrews 10, 25, that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as we see the day approaching. It said, especially as you see the day approaching. What day? What day? The end time. The end time. We should be more faithful to the house of God because we are in the end time. I'm going to tell you what bothers me. What if the service I'm not here for is the service that revival eventually breaks out in and I miss it? Because of the times comes up. That's our minister's conference. And frankly, y'all, that's an ordeal. I mean, it's you've got 3,000 people trying to cram into 2,800 seats. <laughs> There's parking problems. There's, and sometimes it's just easier just, I'll get the DVDs, you know. But the thing that bothers me is, what if that's the service or the, that's the because of the time that a strong word from the Lord is going to go forth? 
And I'm sorry, it's not the same on DVD as it is with you being there. And the same thing applies in every service. And I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight. Y'all, and I don't mean the choir literally. I'm, I'm, you're here. You're here. But I don't have those that are not here to preach to. So I'm just saying to you, please don't let nothing, don't let anything stand in the way of you being in the house of God. We have already established what types of days we would have in the end time. And I want you to hear this. Without prayer, without seeking the face of God, and without fasting, we will be distracted and consumed. We'll be distracted and consumed by the effects of the trouble of end time events. And don't tell me, now Brother Bruce, I, no, I, I, will, I will still come to church when I can. And, and I'll, you know, but I don't see any need in all that seeking the face of God. And I, I pray five minutes every morning and I, I do this, and you know. Let me tell you, my friend, the more difficult times get, the more you will be focused on them. And unless you have a prayer life, you're going to be distracted. Living a life of seeking the face of God along with prayer and fasting does not insulate us from trouble, and I want you to be aware of that. But because you have sought him and you have a prayer life and you seek him through fasting, what is meant to encourage you will then encourage you. And what is meant to distract and destroy you is easily put in its proper place when you have a prayer life. You say, well, what do you mean by put in a proper place? Remember Job? The devil brought distractions and trouble to him to destroy him. That was his words to, to God. You've got a hedge built around him. You take the hedge down, he'll curse you. But because of Job's relationship, and now that's the key word here, relationship, because of Job's relationship with God, he put trouble and distraction in its proper place. He did not take his eyes off of his faith in God. Job didn't ignore the trouble and the distraction, but he recognized where his help came from and he kept his promises. Trouble will come, but how will we respond? Can we respond like Job did? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Have a blessed be the name of the Lord attitude as Job did. Job, Job said, naked came I into this world. Naked, I'm going to leave this world. You know. In other words, I, I don't have anything. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Trouble will come. It's going to happen to us. We can, if we have a relationship with the Lord that is born in seeking his face, along with prayer and fasting, we can have that right attitude. But without it, you're going to get wrapped up in the trouble. I'm just warning you, it's going to happen. It's human nature. There is something about prayer 
fasting and seeking the face of God that empowers you, makes you stronger spiritually. And when trouble comes, it helps you to allow it to roll off, if you will. You cannot afford to not have a prayer life. You cannot afford to not seek the face of God. And you can't afford not to make sacrifice to Him. You've got to. It's, 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 your spiritual well-being demands it. Otherwise, you're going you're, you're to become weak, spiritually weak, and spiritually malnourished. Revival is here. Revival is here. No, we may not be swinging from the chandeliers. People may not be praying through every service. But in the month of August, we've had, we, well, last part of July, 1st of August, we've had three that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know, and I thank God for that. And frankly, I was praying here about a month ago. And I said, Lord, it's just been too long since somebody prayed through. I'm ready to see somebody pray through to the Holy Ghost. Revival is here. Let's engage what God has promised and watch the miracle of revival happen. Let me put put some things in perspective. Think about your world. Think about your world right now. What's going on around you, what's going on in your family, what's going on on the job, what's going on. Think about that. Is there anything you can do about it? I mean physically, is there anything you can do about it? If there, if, if there was anything you could do about it physically, you would have already done it. Okay? So since you can't physically fix it, physically and spiritually prepare yourself to deal with whatever comes our way. I wish I could stand here or sit here and, and tell you that if we pray enough, all of our problems will roll away. But that's not scripture. Okay? But I can tell you, if we seek his face, if we call upon his name, he is a faithful God. And the things that do come will not affect us the way they will affect us if we don't seek his face. There are people right today that are wringing their hands wondering what are we going to do. There are people in their homes tonight, maybe somebody watching me right now, is wringing their hands wondering what in the world, we, what, what am I going to do? My family's falling apart. This is happening. My job, my company's maybe closing down. Uh, there's not enough money at the end of the month. I mean, there's just all kinds of problems. 
kids are being rebellious, whatever the situation may be. There are people wringing their hands right now. And the sad thing is, is they know who God is. And they know he's their help in the time of need or trouble. Revival is here. We have got to pray the cloud of trouble from our minds in order to see what God has got for us. I would love for our eyes to be opened spiritually. If our eyes could be opened spiritually right now in this room, we would be amazed at the host of angels that are in this room. And we just think it's us. But those angels have been sent to this service by God himself to minister to you because that's what they do. They are ministering spirits. And those of you that are hearing the words that I'm saying and it's, and it's, and it's penetrating into your spirit and you're saying, yes, that's exactly what I've got to do. Those angels are beginning to zero in on you. And they're beginning to help you. And you will find yourself with a plan, if I can say it that way, to pray your way through trouble and circumstances. So revival is here. Let's engage it. And let's watch the miracle of revival happen. It will happen. If we're a revival praying. The difference between praying for revival and revival praying, I think maybe you can, you can assume the definition. Praying for revival is when we're just, at, when revival is not here and we're seeking God for it. And then he answers. But revival praying is recognizing because of the prophetic utterances of the word of God and because of the times that we live in, if his word is faithful in other things, it's faithful in that as well. So we know that he said, in the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And that's what revival is all about. So that means that revival is here. So revival praying is just saying, God, Help me to receive what you've already got here. As a church, we pray, God, help us to receive what you've already got here. And that's what I want. I want it with everything in me. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand for it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you stand with me? Why don't we lift our hands together? Father, we give you thanks tonight for your love, for your grace. Thank you for the service. Thank you for the words that you allowed us to speak tonight. May we each and every one receive the words that have been spoken. 
Help us, God, to do what you have called us to do. Help us to be what you've called us to be. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you would help us to embrace the revival that is here in Jesus' name. Now, I ask you to be a protection all around us as we leave this place tonight. May you protect us and keep us all safe. Our first responders, our sheriff's department, all of those that are out on the highway right now, protect them all in the name of the Lord Jesus. We give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Lord bless you. Thank you for being here.